Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heat Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. This is a very important message today. And if you get this, if you get this, I'm not even putting my guarantee on it. I'm putting God's guarantee. I guarantee you if you get this from God that your life will truly never, ever be the same again. Thank you, God. Why is that? I'm going to start off with a question. How many of us are praying for victory? In our life. How many of us are praying. For victory in our life. Anybody. See I hear everybody saying yes. Everybody praying. For victory. Right. To go to trip. Listen to the question. How many praying. For victory. That's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to spend your time. Praying for victory victory. But God said no. You pray from victory. We are already victorious. But if the enemy can keep you praying for victory that's keeping you busy. That's keeping you distracted. That's keeping you frustrated. Because victory don't seem to never show up every time you keep praying for it. But God said no. I'm going to show you how to pray from victory. Turn to your scripture. Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. But that's right there. If you don't get nothing else, if you don't write nothing else down, get that. And switch up your thinking from praying for victory and pray from victory. How do you do that? Let's look at it. Mark chapter 8, starting at verse 1. Mark chapter 8, starting at verse 1. And it says this in, I'm reading the New American Standard. It says, in those days... When there was again a large crowd and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples and said to them, I feel compassion for the people. God feels compassion for us. Because they have remained with me now three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way and some of them have come from a great distance. And his disciples answered him, where will anyone be able to find enough bread here in this desolate place to satisfy these people. And he was asking them, how many loaves do you have? And they said seven. And he directed the people to sit down on the ground and taking the seven loaves, he gave thanks and broke them and started giving them to his disciples to serve them and they served them to the people. They also had a few small fish and after he blessed them, He ordered these to be served as well. And they ate and were satisfied. And they picked up seven large baskets full of what was left over of the broken pieces. About 4,000 were there. And he sent them away. And immediately he entered the boat with his disciples and came to the district of Dalmanutha. 
the Pharisees came out and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. Sighing deeply in his spirit, he said, why does this generation seek for a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Leaving them, he again embarked and went away to the other side. Verse 14, and they had forgotten to take bread, talking about the disciples, and did not have more than one loaf in the boat with them. And he was giving orders to them, saying, watch out, be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. They began to discuss with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? Do you not see do you not yet see or understand? Do you have a hardened heart? Having eyes do not, do you not see? And having ears do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces you picked up? They said to him, 12. When I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of broken pieces did you pick up? And they said to him, seven. And in verse 21, he said, he was saying to them, do you not yet understand? Do you not yet understand? I know that was a lot and we're going to break it all down. But ask yourself that. Do you not yet understand? Because remember I said, if you get this, praying from victory instead of for victory. And God is saying, do you not yet understand what I'm saying when I say that. When I tell you to pray from victory, do you not yet understand? Do you not yet understand? Well, let, let's see how I can understand, God. Help me to break this thing down. We see the story here. We got the story, of, you know, everybody knows the story of the 5,000 getting fed, the little boy show with the little two-piece fish dinner, and you know, Jesus blessed it and he feed everybody. But here we got another one. We don't seem to have a little boy with the two-piece fish dinner, but yet we, we have, we have about 4,000. It says men, but we can always assume that the men probably had some women and some kids with them, so easily 12,000 people are sitting out here. And it says that it was in those days in verse 1 when there was a large crowd, they had nothing to eat. So Jesus called his disciples and said, I feel compassion for them. They've been with me all this time, but they ain't got nothing to eat. See, that's God. He, he, he calling the church. The disciples represented the church at that time. And he's calling the church. I feel compassion for my people out there. They, 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 they been with me. They trying to be with me, but they don't have nothing to eat. They not getting spiritually fed properly. So I, I need you to do something about it, church. I need you to take, I need you to take the word that I've been giving you and I need you to feed the people with it. He says, because if I send them away hungry, they're going to faint on their way. I can't let them come to me and then they leave with nothing. They can't keep coming to church and leaving with nothing. They can't keep coming to church for the show and leaving broke. They can't keep coming for the entertainment and leaving the same way. They can't keep leave coming for the back flips over the chairs and leaving out going to hell. He says they're going to go home and they're going to faint because some of them come a great distance. Some of them come a long way. Some of them been through hell to get here. Some of them been through a lot to get here. So when they show up, I need you to give them something. That's what he's telling them. That's what he's telling us. And then he says, the disciples answered him, well, we will 
anyone be able to find enough bread here in this desolate place to satisfy these people? That's a lot of stuff they saying right there. But that's how some of us speak. Because remember the last thing I said, do you not yet understand? Pray from victory, not for victory. See, they praying for victory. God, when we going to get enough? We got our own bread. But when we going to get enough to feed them? I got mine like that in the old commercial. I don't know if y'all know that, that little uh, record commercial. No, no, my brother, you got to get your own. That, that's what the disciples, no, no, my brother, y'all got to get y'all. It's 12 of us, it's 4,000 of y'all. I ain't, we ain't even trying to see it. And then he says, then they even say, here in this desolate place. Here the church is calling themselves desolate. Wherever you show up, ain't never supposed to be desolate. Because wherever you show up, God is supposed to be there. And wherever God is, fullness thereof is. But yet you got people walking directly with God, the word of God. This ain't the first time they done seen him do something. They done been with him for a while. We in chapter 8. They done done some things for seven chapters. But yet they still acting like it's the first time something ever been bad. And, and they say, where are we going to get it from? I don't know. And that's what we do as church. I don't know what, what we're going to do. I, I'm trying to work out my own grace and work out my own salvation. And we take that scripture and run with it. You got to work out your own salvation. The devil lives a lie because you ain't got to work for your salvation. The salvation already been given to you freely. What you're supposed to do is help people get to where the free stuff is. Yes. Yes. But just like the disciples, it might not be enough. Because see, we're praying for victory. And see, if I'm praying for victory, I can't help somebody else come along and get victory too because they might beat me to the finish line. See, I can't help them in their business because they might prosper in their business before me and then I don't end up getting nothing out of it. I can't help them with their ministry and help them launch their stuff out because they might get on TV before I do. So we, 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 we pray for victory and we wait on it and we get depressed and discouraged and upset because we keep finding ourselves like these disciples in desolate places. Because we're praying for victory. Why? Because we do not yet understand. What are we supposed to understand? We getting there. I told you we're going to break it all the way down until it's broke and it can't be put back together. And then I like right here what he says. Because Jesus, I, I, I really like Jesus. If you really read scripture and you really get to know who Jesus is again, he ain't what they paint him to be. He's not this little flower child, little laid back, little, little punk acting dude. Like, dude, Jesus be checking folks. <laughs> and he said, right, but he do it in a, he do it in a, I can almost see in a dignified way. It, it, it ain't condescending. It ain't, it ain't, you know, trying to make you feel bad. It's just, it's just, you should already know that. That's, that's kind of how he, come at you. And in verse 5 he says, he says he was asking them how many loaves do you have? He said, you got something, don't you? Yes. Catch that. <laughs> you got something, don't you? Because even if you ain't have nothing, guess what? You got something still. But I know you ain't got nothing because I done gave you something. You walking around here with something. 
You walking around here with something. Each and every one of you sitting in here. If you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're walking around with something. I don't care if you ain't got nothing materially, but you got something. He said, what you got? How many loaves do you have? How much bread do you have? And we know bread is symbolic of the word. So I got to see you asking the church, how much word do you have? I know you got praise and worship. I know you got praise dancing. I know you got poetry. I know you got spoken word. I know you got arts and entertainment. But how much bread do you got? Come on, teach the words. That's what I want to know. Because see, as long as you're going off all the other things, you'll keep praying for victory. But you won't ever pray from victory. And they add, they tell him, we got seven. See, they catch that. Catch that right there. They already got it and don't even know it. That's why at the end he asked them, do you not yet understand? See, seven in the, in the scriptures always represents the number of completion. Are you catching that? Y'all should be able to help me preach that right there. He asked him, how many do y'all have? They said, completion. <laughs> right there, they already got more than enough. We walking around here with more than enough, but we praying for victory instead of from victory. We praying, we praying for victory, acting like we ain't got nothing, acting like we running out of stuff, acting like we lacking stuff, instead of praying from victory, which is already completed. Just like these disciples right here. And he said, they said seven. But then, I like what he does. He says, he, in verse 6, he says, he directed the people to sit down on the ground and taking the seven loads. See, God going to take what you already have. And then he says, he gave thanks and broke them. See, God already know. Christ already know. I know where to pray from. I pray from victory. He said, so I'm going to take what you already got. I'm going to take what I already have. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to give thanks. What is he giving thanks to? Thanks that this is already going to feed everybody who's sitting here. Thanks that this is already not only going to feed, it's not only going to feed me, the disciples, and the 4,000 men, they kids, and they mama and them, and they cousin them. It's going to feed all them. But it's also, I'm thanking you, God, in advance. Guess what? That it's going to have enough for us to take back up some more. Because people got to eat again. You can't eat just one time. We got to eat all the time. It says, give us this day our daily bread. I can't eat today and not think about tomorrow. God says, no, I'm taking care of it all. And that's what Jesus said. Thank you. That's praying from victory. He was showing it. He was demonstrating right there. This is how you do it, y'all. This is how you do it. Give me them seven loads. Give me what y'all got. Since y'all don't know what to do with it, let me show you what to do with it. Let me show you what, the, what, what to do with that Holy Spirit that's operating in y'all. Since you don't know how to speak it into your life, let me show you how to speak it. Let me show you how to do this thing. Take what you already got and thank God in advance. Because we call it in advance because we don't already see it in the earth. But it ain't in advance. It's already been since the beginning of time. Because when God did it, he did it all. And then he rested. That's what the words say. Amen. And then it says that they, he had them to sit. And I got to believe that he was even thinking about the scripture in the 23rd of Psalms. And it says what? The Lord is my shepherd. What? And I shall not want. 
Because he had the people to sit down almost like sheep. And they sit down on the ground. And what it says, he's making me what? Lie down in green pastures. God said, I'm, I'm showing you some things right here. I'm going to show you that if God is your shepherd, you ain't going to have to want. You ain't going to have to worry about anything. Because the Lord is your shepherd, you already praying from victory. That's why you shall not want anything that you want. The Lord is your shepherd. He's guiding you. He's leading you. If you ain't got it now, he's going to lead you to it. But you got to pray from that position of faith. That's the key. You got to pray from that position of a covenant relationship. See, a lot of us pray from the position of religion. We pray the prayers that mama and them prayed. We pray the old glory prayers. And I know I can get a prayer through. That's a prayer warrior right there. And don't get me wrong, we need intercessors. We need prayer warriors. But a lot of times, we we sit, we don't realize we already fighting a defeated foe. We already fighting an enemy that has been defeated. Now what does that mean? Yeah, he's been defeated. He's still running around here. It just means that the final defeat hasn't been appropriated, meaning it hasn't been given out. But again, we don't have to really spend all our time fighting him. Even the scripture where it says resist the devil and he will flee. Resisting is not fighting. Resisting is like resistance when you're using weights. He's saying resist. Allow that enemy to build your strength up. Allow that enemy, when you push him off of you, that makes more strength. Then when that enemy come back, push him off again. The more weights you push off, then guess what? Your strength build up. So when he come back with a big attack, oh, I'm ready for this. I'm finna max out on you today, baby. Bring it all you got I'm going to push you off again. Oh, you want to bring that? Okay, I can't push you off like this, but I can squat you off. I can squat more so I can get down on my knees and I can squat. And when I squat, I know I can come up with a lot more power than when I'm trying to push you off. But all that operates in faith. In faith. And faith is being confident that God will do what he already said he would do. He already said it. We're in a position of victory already. We sin with Christ already. Turn, turn right here. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Keep your place with the mark. We got to come back. But, but turn to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. I, I, I hope you're getting this because, again, this is one that the enemy will not want you to have because if you, it, it, it changes your mindset. Because remember, I asked everybody, are you praying for victory? And we all said, yeah, because that's what we, we, we've been trained to say that. We've been trained. But I'm here to tell you that training was from the enemy. Because he got you praying for stuff that you already possess. That's like me going outside asking for my car. It's mine already. Why I got to ask for what's already mine? And bless God, it's already paid for. So that's like me going to the bank saying, can I have my car? No, I already paid for it. Matter of fact, I got the title. So that means if I got the title, it's mine. Well, guess what? We got the title. It's ours. We ain't got to be begging for stuff. Praying from victory. That's what we got to do. Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 4. I want y'all to get this. It says in verse 4, but God. Well, I don't like the but, so we got to see what the but is there for. Let's go back a little bit to verse 3. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of our flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even at the rest. 
He says, we were doing all this junk even at the rest, meaning that was a rest that God had for us. That was a rest that we could sit down in, but because of our the lust of our flesh and indulging in the desires of our minds, and we, we, we couldn't even obtain that rest. Again, thinking the wrong way. Here's what the butt for. Always know what your butt there for. Number four, but God. See, all that stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm living in my flesh and the lust of my flesh and I'm indulging in the desires of my mind. I'm praying for victory. Oh, but God, verse four, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up with him. And he'll go to the best part and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Huh? What's that saying? I'm, I'm in heaven with Christ? Well, no, let's, let's not get crazy now. We physically, we seated here. We all sitting here at 27A Farron Road physically. But if you allow it, and if you believe it, and if you trust it, and if you have faith in it, what the word says right here, our spirit, we sit in heavenly places right beside Christ. That's why the word of God says, whatever's been bound in heaven can already be bound in earth. Because we pray from victory. That's where we see it. We, we pray from victory. That's why I keep pointing up because we pray from. That's where the victory already is. God ain't deciding who's going to win. God ain't fighting it out. God ain't trying to decide am I going to last? Am I going to make it? Is the enemy going to take me out? God already won. So if he already won, it says that Christ overcame. He overcame death. He got the victory over death. So if he got the victory over death, then that means he has the victory over everything. And if Christ has the victory over everything and we sitting with Christ and Christ is in us and Christ is on us and Christ is around us, how can we not have the victory? How? How can we not have the victory? That's what we got to understand. How can we not have the victory? Where you, you want to know how? Here's what misses you up. Let's go back to Mark again. This is what misses us up. Because Jesus does all this. He feeds everybody. And he, 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 he sends them away. And then in verse 10 it says, Immediately he entered the boat with his disciples. And he came to the district of Dalmanutha. So see, he gets back in his boat with, with the church. It means he's trying to move the church. He's trying to do something with them. He said, I'm going to still take you with you. I hope you notice what we just did. But let's go to some other place. And they go to this Dalmanutha, which in the Greek translates to a slow firebrand. And I didn't know what a firebrand was, so I had to look that up. And, and a firebrand, it says, is one that creates unrest and strife. That's what a firebrand is. One that creates unrest and strife. So here we have Jesus. He just performed this miracle. He's trying to show them how to pray from victory. But he takes the church, he takes the disciples, puts them in a boat, and takes them to a place where the firebrand is, where the strife is. 
And immediately they run into the strife. And you got to say, well, God, why are you taking me where the strife is? I thought God was supposed to tempt you. God ain't tempting you. He's testing you. He's testing you to see, are you going are you gonna overpower the fire? Are you going to let the fire burn away what I put in you? Are you going to let the fire remove what you just saw? Are you going to let the fire of life, are you going to let it take away the guarantee that I just gave? I'm going to take you to the test. Remember, even the Holy Spirit led Christ into the devil. It wasn't the devil. It says that the devil will tempt you, but God will test you. And see, the beauty part about a test is a test comes with promotion. Temptation comes with death, but a test comes with promotion. So we're going to pass the test. And it says in verse 11, the Pharisees came out and began to argue with him. That's all the strife. See, when, when, when you're trying to get this right now, see, the enemy is some of y'all right now in y'all mind. Right now, he's arguing with you. Praying from victory. But I ain't got victory in my life because I got issues going on right now. I, my, my kids acting a fool right now. You know, my family, my mom ain't speaking to me right now. You know, my job, they about to probably about to fire everybody right now. So how am I supposed to be praying from victory? How am I supposed to be praying from something that I can't even see like I got? That's called strife. And all the strife is there for is for you to be tested to see if you're going to believe what God already said. God already said, I am your shepherd. You shall not want. He said that means you should not have no lack. And then he go back in James and he tell you, if you lack anything, all you got to do is ask. Just in case you didn't get it in the 23rd Psalm in the Old Testament, I'm going to bring it over here to new so you can see it down. If you lack anything, then come and ask me. But the strife is there. And it says they came to test him and they said in verse 12, in verse 11, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. And see, that's all the enemy. Well, you, you praying from, praying from victory, you praying from heaven, where you sign it? Well, well, I don't see nothing. Let's go outside and look at the sky. I don't, where, where is that? Show me a sign. But then in verse 12 it says, sign deeply in his spirit. That means Christ was grieved. He like, they just, they, they, they just, they ain't gonna get it. He said, why does this generation seek for a sign? Truly I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. No sign will be given to this generation. Well, some people say, well, God, why, 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 why can't, why can't we get a sign? Why can't I? You know, have have confirmation. Lord, some of us, we're going to confirmation so bad. We'll call everything confirmation. Oh, have confirmation from God. Yeah, they said the same thing that he said. That's confirmation from God. Well, the, the enemy could have sent you two messengers. And they just confirming their story. But you say, oh, that's a confirmation from God. Because it's confirming what you already had believed in your mind, which didn't come from God either. Be careful of the confirmation. We'll go from place to place to place until we get that confirmation. But God said, I'm not giving you a sign. I'm not giving you a sign. And then in Matthew, the same story, he talks about the fact that why I'm going to give you a sign when you can understand the sign of the times. Know what time you're in. The time you're in is a time of the new covenant. The time you're in is no longer under the 
no longer under the Levitical priesthood where everything got to be sacrificed and, and done. You're under the Melchizedek. That means that you've already been blessed. That means that you've already been graced. That means you've already been purposed. So I don't have to give you a sign of something that's already been proven. It's already proved it. Why well, I got to keep on proving it over and over again? But she's saying to these Pharisees, you, you, they just ain't going to get it. The religious folks, they just ain't going to get it. They blessed and highly favored all day long, but yet they looking for signs. They blessed coming in and going out all day long, but yet they praying for victory. That's what the religious folks do. Amen. They just ain't going to get it. And I can see God, he just signed deeply like, they just ain't going to get it. They just ain't going to get it. But I like how he sighs deeply because even though they not going to get it, he know that there's ones that will get it. Yes. And that sigh, just like I just did. What happens when you sigh? Release. A release goes out. See, y'all ain't going to get it. I'm not talking about y'all in per se because y'all getting it. But they got it. Everybody get it. You see what I'm saying? Because he's saying, I'm going to release my spirit. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon my sons and my daughters. And they shall prophesy. They're going to speak the word of God. Because they get it. They're not going to get it. But they get it. They receiving my breath. They receiving the CPR. They being resuscitated. They might look dead right now. But they going to get it. Because I'm... I'm breathing on them, and they're going to get that release, and it's going to come out. They're not worried about if my breath stinks. They're not high. They're not caring if it's hot. They're not caring what it feels like because they want to get it. They're receiving that release. They're receiving it. He says, you might not get it. Oh, Pharisee. Oh, you might not get it, Sadducee. Oh, you might not get it, Herod. But I got a people, a remnant, who they just waiting on the breath. They just waiting on This is what they've been waiting on all their life. Because they just been sitting out lifeless. And they knew when that breath came on them, they like, oh, something done quickened me. Something done woke me up. Something done got me started. Something done put me on my way. Something done moved me from where I used to be. He sighed deeply. And then it says he left them. And he again embarked and went away to the other side. See, he, he confirmed it right there. He said, they didn't get it over here. So I'm going to go to the other side. I'm all, I, I, they they not going to get it. It's just some people not going to get it. Don't argue with folks. Yeah, we're supposed, to, we're, supposed to, we're supposed to stand firm in our Christian faith. We're supposed to have the apologetics, as they call it. But you don't argue with nobody about what you believe in. When you find a fool, leave my fool. Because when you argue with a fool, when somebody else come up, they ain't going to know who the fool is. Because you both look like one. Because you arguing with a fool. Just leave them that way. And then it says in verse 14, and they have forgotten to take the bread. The disciples, the church, they forgot to take the word with them. He done performed all this stuff. He done did everything. That's why they couldn't pray for from victory because they forgot to take the word with him. He fed four. He fed four thousand. He fed four thousand, 
And then they had some left over. They had some left over, but it says in verse 14, they had forgotten to take the bread and did not have more than one loaf in the boat with them. But they still had something. See, here they go again. They still got something. They still got something. Then in verse 15, it says, and he was giving orders to them saying, watch out, be, a, be, a, be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And then it says in 16, they began to discuss with one another the fact that they had no bread. But it just said they, they didn't have more than one loaf, but they discussed the fact that they didn't, they didn't have but, but, but one. They begin to discuss with each other. They gossip and they like, well, well who left the bread and, and, and why you didn't get the bread? And I thought, I thought you was going to have the bread and, and, and why they get the bread before I got it and, and, and why, why is it missing? See, they worried about what's missing instead of what they already got. That's praying for victory. You worried about what is missing instead of what you already got. Instead of what you already got. See, they didn't understand the power and the victory that they was already walking in. And that's why he goes on to ask them. He says that, that, that he heard them and, and he said to them, why you discuss the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet see or understand? Do you have a hardened heart? Dude, he's, he's like, y'all, y'all, he, he walked with these disciples, he, he got you, he like, y'all just, I can see Jesus sometimes like, man, y'all just saw what I did, y'all just saw that I took bread and I fed 4,000 people with seven loaves of bread, 4,000 men with seven loaves of bread, y'all got one loaf, it ain't number 12 of y'all, but y'all sitting here worried about, we left the bread. <laughs> Praying for victory instead of from victory. You not only got one loaf of bread, but you got the bread of life with you, and you still worried about we left the bread. Don't worry about what you left behind. Don't worry about what was left in your past. Don't worry about what was left in yesterday. It was left for a purpose. Somebody else might have needed it. You didn't need it, or you would have had it with you, because everything you need, you already got. Don't worry about it. That's what the enemy wants you to do, and that's why he said he said don't he said don't get caught up in the Pharisees and and and, and Herod and all that. And he said don't get caught up in that teaching. Don't get caught up in that erroneous teaching. Don't get caught up in that in that 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 that, that religious stuff. Don't get caught up in it. Turn turn real quickly right to Second Timothy. Second Timothy. I want to show you something. Second Timothy. I hope we're getting this because, again, this is one of them ones that the enemy don't want you to shift your thinking from. He wants you to keep on praying for victory because that keep you busy. Now, don't leave out here saying that pastor said you ain't got to pray. If you if you hearing that, that, that you hearing the wrong thing. You need to come up here and say, get me behind me, say, because that's not what I'm saying. I said pray from victory. Pray like you already know that you won. Pray like you already know that you got it. Pray like you already know that it's over. Even the Chinese, the Proverbs always say, it says the, the greatest battle is on the inside of you. If, you. if you win the battle within, the battle without is already taken care of. If you win already on the inside, even in the sports, they tell you that you visualize 
You visualize winning. You visualize hitting a free throw. You visualize scoring a touchdown. You already have it pictured in your mind. Well, if the world can picture success in their mind, then why in the world can't we already picture that thing? Why already we can't already see ourselves scoring a touchdown? Yes. Second Timothy chapter one and verse nine it says. Well, no, start at verse 8, it says, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or, or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. That's strife. Verse 9, who has saved us and called us with the holy calling, not according to our works. See, you can't work for this victory. You can't do nothing to get this victory. You can't pay for it. You can't, you can't pray for it. See, that's why you can't. You can't pray for victory because you, you can't do that. It's not in your works. Praying for victory is in your works. It says, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. Verse 10, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and bought life and immortality to light through the gospel for which I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. For this reason, I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed for I know who I am, who I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. What have you entrusted to God? Your victory. And God says, I can guard it until it's in your physical manifestation. It's in the spirit right now, but you gotta, it's gonna be some time, it's a process, it's a strife, it's some, it's some issues sometimes to get to that thing, you know, praying and ain't nothing happening. I'm fasting and ain't nothing happening. I'm trying to hear from God, but all I get is silence. You know, that, all that, all that's a part of the process. But just because you don't hear nothing, I always say that, just because you don't hear nothing, don't mean the radio ain't broadcasting. The station still sending out the message. It's just that you might not have a radio on, or your batteries might be dead, or your antenna might be broke, or your knob ain't tuned in properly. But all you gotta do is line everything up and know that once you get everything lined up, all you gotta do is sit and wait, cause the transmission gonna come. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow, but like the old folks say, he might, he, 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 he always on time. Might not come when you want to, but, but he always on time. Always. But see, what happens is we get into that thing of unbelief. We get into that thing of unbelief and we, we don't think that God is doing anything because we don't, we don't see it. We don't see it. Soon enough, we're microwave generation. We want it to happen yesterday. We asked for it today and we want it to happen yesterday. And God said, no, you got to wait for this thing. I got to see if you really believe in me for this thing. I got to see if you really going to stand through the test of these things. And then going back in the market, he says, have you not seen and do you have ears and you do not hear? And then I like that part. He says, do you not remember? And this is why I'm finishing that. He says, do you not remember? See, that's how you pray from victory when you feel like victory ain't there. 
That's how you pray from victory when it seems like all hell about to break loose. That's how you pray from victory when you seem like you ain't got nothing but one loaf. That's how you pray from victory when it seems like that everything that you try ain't working. That's how you pray from victory. How? By remembering. He says, do you not remember when I broke the five loaves? Do you, and, and, and the baskets got full, I'm paraphrasing. And he said, do you, well, he, he asked me, he said, how, how many pieces you picked up then? How, remember how much we started out with? Remember how many we fed? Remember how much you picked up? Bring all that stuff back to, to your remembrance. Then he said, okay, you, you don't remember that one? Well, what about when we, we fed the 4,000? You was out there crying, saying, how we going to get enough? We in a desolate place. Ain't nothing around here. How, how many we fed then, Peter? How many we fed then, John? How many did we feed? 4,000. So, and how many did you pick up that time? Seven. Okay, then. Why don't you understand? Why don't you Understand, and that's what God is saying right here. Understand that I fed the four thousand. Four thousand starts off with that number four, which means the earth, which means all directions. And He fed four thousand men. So He said that I, I have compassion, and I will feed all men if they come hungry. And He said, then we said in the beginning, the seven baskets were full up. He says, I'm filling it up to completion. And I think it's funny that He gave it. It was bread and fish. Because with the bread is a carbohydrate, and that's the that's the energy to to give us energy and, and, and to energize us so that we can go on this way. Because he said, remember, he said I got to give them some food because they got a they got a way to go. So I don't want them to faint. So God says you got a way to go to your victory. It don't mean that it ain't there, but 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 you got a way to get to it in the physical. He said, so why you why you on your way eat the bread? Eat my word. Take it in. He said, because I don't want you to faint on the way. He says, be weary, but faint not. Keep on going, because in your going, you will eventually get all that you went for. All right. All right. And then he gave them fish, which is a protein, which, which that's a staying power. That, that, and then they keep your mind right. Because see, they, they, that's how you used to do the people in the military back in the day. They would starve them and not let them eat meat and protein. Because after a while, you start hallucinating and, and getting headaches and migraine because you don't have enough protein. God said, no, I'm going to give you some fish because I want your mind to be right. I don't want you hallucinating. I don't want you thinking about stuff that ain't for real. I don't want you having false evidence appearing real. I don't need you hallucinating while you're trying to get to the manifested victory. I need you to know that the victory is already there. I don't want you to faint trying to get to it and I want you to have enough mind so that you can claim it. Know your position. Know your position. Know your position that, that we are a people of victory. We are enthroned with the Lord Jesus Christ. When he died, we died with him. When he rose, guess what? We rose with him. We read it in scripture. I'm not making this up. It says that we sit right there beside him. We are sitting right beside him. We got to begin to pray differently. Quit praying the prayer that you might have been taught to pray. Pray the word of God back to him. Rather than praying from earth to heaven, pray from heaven to earth. That's why God, he said, they said, how, how, how should we pray? Our, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. God will be what? But what then what did he say? Well, but, but where is it done first? In heaven. Praying from victory. 
He didn't say, Thy kingdom come on earth, let, let thy will be done, you know, in heaven first and then come. And he, said, he said, it's already done up there. Let it be done down here as it already is in heaven. It's already decided in heaven. It's already over with in heaven. It's already finished in heaven. It's already complete in heaven. God says, let thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. Pray from your victory. That's why I like that song we did earlier today. My name is Victory. That's one of my favorite songs. I don't like too many church songs. I know that crazy for a pastor to say, but I like that song because, because that's my identity. That's what it is. That's your identity. That's yours and yours and yours. My name is what? Victory. Play that song again. We're going to close out with that song. I know you would do a regular altar song, but this is the altar song because I need you to alter your mind state. I need you to alter the way you're thinking. You came in here praying for victory, but now I need you to pray from victory because your name is victory. My name is victory. That's what we got to understand. My name is victory.